Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome to Fire Team Chat. Thank you so much for joining us. Joining me today is CJ Gibson. What's up? Fran Mirabella. Hey, Guardians. Sean Finnegan. And later we will have James Duggan, our PC expert, talking about what he hopes to see on PC. So today we're going to discuss the Destiny 2 launch and compare it to the originals. Talk to James Duggan, who I just mentioned, about his hopes for the PC version of the sequel. And we'll chat about what we want to see most at the event next week. First... The news. GameStop posted some pictures of Destiny 2 hats online that have fans wildly speculating about what the new logos could mean for gameplay. Guesses include everything from new subclass logos, as they match the accents we see on Armor Revealed, to fans hoping that pets could be summoned. We'll let you know if that last one is true when we get hands-on time next week. Speaking of next week, IGN is having not one, but two live streams for the event. The first will begin at 9.45 a.m. Pacific, leading into the Bungie stream that we will be hosting before wrapping up with all the latest breaking news and impressions from our San Francisco office. Then we'll be live again at 8 p.m. with the Fireteam chat crew with our impressions from the Los Angeles event after getting hands-on time with the game. You can also find the live streams on all of IGN's platforms, including our YouTube channel, Twitch channel, Xbox app, PS4 app, and of course, on IGN.com. On the Destiny 1 front, Iron Banner is in full swing as Mayhem this week. It'll be running until the 16th at 2 a.m. Reminder, rewards again include the Clever Dragon Pulse Rifle, Silver Dread Machine Gun, Chest, and Leg Pieces. Server maintenance for Destiny 1 will also happen from May 17th at 10 a.m. Pacific until 2 p.m., so plan accordingly should you be looking to play at that time. The May 18th Destiny 2 reveal is next week, and I can't wait to bring you our next Fireteam chat live from Los Angeles. But of course, stay tuned to IGN for all your Destiny 2 needs. So this week, our show was planned by none other than C.J. Gibson. It was. Me. Thanks, yeah. Destin. Yeah. Oh, thank you, that. CJ. So we're going to let you talk a little bit this time. <laughs> Just a tiny bit. Will we? Yeah. Just a tiny bit. We'll see. We'll see. So the first one was about comparing, basically comparing Destiny's one, Destiny 1's launch yeah. to the launch that we've seen thus far with Destiny 2. Um, so going back to when Destiny 1 launched, why don't you go over some of the stuff that they did? Yeah, I mean, early on, just even looking at the Metacritic score, once it got released, I think overall the impression of Destiny was obviously huge, or the expectations for it were huge, and it disappointed. And I would say that's a pretty universal perspective that most people have. And so it's interesting to see now that this one's coming out, will that repeat itself again? Mm-hmm. I personally think they did a really good job the last year, if you were involved in Destiny, uh, defining what the game is. Again, we call it a first-person shooter, but 
Leader Shooter, MMO, uh, PvP. There's a lot of aspect that Destiny has that not many other games have. So it'll be interesting to see if it brings in new players into this fold. So, mm-hmm. so with Destiny 1, you know, you had the, the alpha and the beta. We all played those. We all seemed to like the game at that point. It wasn't until a little later when we were a little let down by the story yeah. and some of the grindy progression in the original version of Destiny. Now, they corrected a lot of that with Taken King. Sean, do you think they've learned their lesson? Do you think they're going to fix this for Destiny 2? I, mean, I certainly hope so. Like, I think... <laughs> I was going to be like, great commentary, Sean. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Back to you, Destiny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't think people had the expectation that Destiny would evolve as much as it did. No. But the fact that it did shows us great promise for the future. If the game launches and it ends up being short of expectation, that's not a bad thing because the game has lifespan beyond the launch window and it'll evolve and it'll grow and it'll change and hopefully later on i mean i hope that they nail it out of the gate but if they don't it can improve much into the future and i think that's the biggest question is even to you guys like looking for what destiny one was now that we know it especially for us where we've played it from the beginning do you think that if people went into it early on thinking that okay this is not just going to be this is what the content is on day one you know now you see the roadmap over the last two years is it fair to i mean even revising scores like some people did that you know, is Destiny a six? I don't think so, but it got a lot of low scores early on when it was revealed. So I'm mm-hmm. curious to think that what you guys think about well, that. Well, we've, we've reviewed Destiny at IGN through its iterations. Like mm-hmm. Taken King got a high score. Uh, you know, Rise of Iron, a lot of people felt, uh, our editor at the time felt like that a lot of the enemies were reskinned. Rightfully mm-hmm. so. It was yeah. a lot of the similar enemy types, but I guess. I don't know how I feel about the final product. I would have to like really analyze every little piece about it. Fran, do you feel like it evolved? And obviously it did evolve into a better mm-hmm. product by the end of its life cycle. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I was restraining myself. I feel like there's a little too much commentary on like it disappointed and like those are a bit, I get what you meant by that, by the way, but like what I chalk that up to is I think everybody expected this team, you know, team Halo come out with their next new franchise. It's going to be bigger than Halo. It'll be like Halo and it's going to be open world and like all these expectations. And certainly, uh, Bungie talked about some things that got people excited, but they never promised anything specific. And then, yeah, as we came to find out, it kind of wasn't fully formed when it launched. And I agree that that was like a mismanaged expectation, but you know, there's definitely people out there who are like, no, I thought it was great at launch. Mm-hmm. Uh, like any review you know it's always really important to remember that is like you're listening to one person's opinion that doesn't mean like when ign's reviewer reviews something that is their opinion their singular opinion and so yeah there are other people here like myself i was like no i didn't feel that it was the score that it was i liked it better than that and i saw the potential they made some quick changes released dark below um so i'm not defending that it didn't have problems it absolutely in the beginning i just remember almost like wandering in the wilderness at level 20 right and i'm like looking at that grind and it was something i hadn't done in a while and i was like oh my god what What's going on with this? Uh, it's so hard to kind of get where I want to be. But like you guys said, they changed that and they've learned a lot. So yeah, I uh, talking about Destiny 2 have said this a lot. I think like I think they've learned a lot of lessons. I think they learned them all the way back towards Taken King. We saw those changes. We saw the changes with the cutscene tone. I think they're diving in right into more of that like fun, um, more co- comedic commentary that we've seen from Cade. And um, and likewise, just from balance and structure. So, yeah, I mean, I expect Destiny 2 to be a different beast, even though it's going to have the core of what Destiny is. But in particular, the big thing I always point out is I, I feel like there's going to be this campaign focus. And I don't know well, still I what mean, I mean by that, but 
You know what I mean? Like looking at the cover and the, the like the idea that Destiny was almost like strikes and raids and PvP, and when the campaign was like you went through some strikes. I feel like there's going to be a bigger focus, and that's what I'm hoping for. I know we're going to talk more about that. Yeah, but. well, definitely. I mean, every press release they've sent. Well, they've sent out one press release, and there was one separately sent with email. But uh, the focus is definitely cinematic storytelling they made uh-huh. that very clear but i mean they said that about the original i think yeah. they know that they need to tell a great story this time around so that you can get rid of all those people still has a better story than destiny yeah you yeah. know uh memes and such that the original kind of still has with it mm-hmm. uh sean what are some of the things you hope that they address with this gameplay reveal next week well, like I said before on multiple episodes, I would love to see some variation. It would be great to not just see the PvP modes, but also see some of the feedback that the community has given to them. Personally, I've talked about vehicles a lot of times. Like I would love to see some variation in that regard. Um, and then the main sort of feedback that I think every player that is a fan of Destiny has is the story. And I do want to see a cool mission. Love to see some cutscenes or something like that that just gives us a sense of what that campaign is going to be like. You think we're going to get a beta date? I mean, one of the things they did pretty early on is they announced that they were having a beta for Destiny 2 and Destiny 1. I'll put, uh, I'll bet you we do not get one. I'll bet you say, I'll bet you they save that for E3. Okay. Yeah. CJ, any final points that you want to hit on with this topic? I just think overall, yeah, looking at everything they would have learned. And again, Bungie's really good at listening to the community. Of all the game devs out there, they, I think, do a really good job at balancing what they want to do personally as a studio and then taking feedback from you know fans, players, content creators, and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they've implemented into Destiny 2. But, yeah, I'm super excited that, uh, yeah, it's just, you know. Seven days, six days away from finding out. Do you think they're setting up expectations properly this time versus with the original? Uh, that's a really good question. I don't know the answer to that. I, I think for us, it's easy to say because we've been following Destiny. I'm actually really curious to think, you know, people like James and, and who haven't maybe followed it or who were in that early part of Vanilla Destiny and then dropped off, are they going to be brought back? I definitely think the PC will bring a new set of audience members to it. Um, you know, that I think has remained to be seen, actually. So. I mean, but as a dev or a publisher, you can only manage audience expectations so much, right? Mm-hmm. Like part of the audience or part of the expectations is what the audiences are hoping to get. Mm-hmm. Well, there's can't two, really control that. There's two things happening there. The audience feels misled by the marketing materials that the publisher puts out. And the publisher is trying to make their game look as best as it possibly can. You think that's so, happening here, though? I don't know. The so audiences here, are misinterpreting. So here right now, I talk to people in the office like Marty and Ryan who haven't really played it. They watch that trailer like, who's Cade? I mean, he seems yeah, cool. They, they, they don't like, know. They're just still wishy-washy on it. Yeah. So I think this gameplay reveal is going to be their first opportunity to bring back those people who feel burned if, if they're going to give it another chance yeah. and get people enticed by the campaign storytelling. It's hard to latch onto a game before seeing the gameplay. I mean, I get, I get that mm-hmm. the, the cinematic trailer tells us something, but I think, yeah, I would agree with people who are like, I don't know. I mean, it's not a game. It's like a mo- piece of a movie, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think once they see the game, and that's what I'm looking for. Like, if it looks still like Destiny gameplay, but it's just got some of these cutscenes, I don't think that's going to sell people that it has some funnier, fun cutscenes. And again, I don't think that's their focus. I think that... Yeah, the epic feel of the whole thing. It's not just an epic storyline, hopefully. It's hopefully an epic campaign feel. Um, again, my expectation. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember the very first marketing material we saw. I know some of the early stuff was the group of, uh, for Destiny. Group of Guardians fighting the Cabal. Would have been, it would have been leaked posters from GameStop. Remember? Well, the, le- the leaked posters, but that's leaked stuff. Well, no, it was the leaked document, actually. We broke that story for the original Destiny. Uh, they leaked that what document with Destiny all the early, early concept Sorry. art. Oh, yeah, for Destiny 2, the posters for sure. But like going back to that time, it was just 
it was interesting to see the original stuff they talked about. Like I remember the trailer with the Guardians fighting the Cabal and the storytelling aspect of it. And then the Vidoc. The Vidoc came out pretty early talking about the world they were trying to build. And they gave us like a tease of what gameplay is going to be like. I remember that um, a lot. And and I don't know if it was at E3 or whatever. That whole public space demo. Yeah. Um, it doesn't exist. Well, I mean yeah, the area the, does. But not the like it come was. In, yeah. yeah. That's what I remember most seriously. And I think most people were they're like just some guardians venturing out. And then yeah. all of a sudden it's like, whoa, what is that? And like it felt like part of, yeah, this sort of bigger epic sprawl. But then as it turned out, it was like r- randomly spawning like mm-hmm. – waves of enemies that drop in basically yeah, you know? yeah. it didn't didn't pan out how it looked in there and, and even early on i mean i played the beta and the alpha and you know i actually liked the game and the, the mechanics and the way it felt i wasn't into destiny the way i am now at first because i mean you couldn't play crucible right off the bat mm-hmm. that alone i was like why do i have to grind this campaign that i really don't want to do to open up crucible i thought that was really odd it makes sense now and i know they're going to do something probably a little bit similar but um yeah it's hard to figure out if you haven't played Destiny and then start from scratch, will this game bring you in if you're not a fan? I mean, that I don't know. I think that, yeah, they're definitely going to need to nail the storyline and make it really engaging to bring those people back in, right? So, But again, I personally, I've never, I get the storyline problem, but I just felt it was really blown out of proportion because, like, the gameplay is what matters most to me. And so Destiny has the same problem. It doesn't matter how interesting your storyline may be and how you weave that in. I mean, that certainly can bring people in but the gameplay just has to be changed actually it has to be that's what i don't you know i don't know what to expect but i'm expecting something that's a little different with the way that it rolls out and feels because if it's not if it's not whatever more action in the way that you get guns or the way that cutscenes integrate themselves into the campaign or whatever Right, It would just be more strikes, yeah, and it can't be that. Right now we have morsels, but soon we're going to get the full meal in Los Angeles next week on May 18th. We've swapped out CJ Gibson for James Duggan, who is here with us right now to talk all about the PC version of Destiny. Duggan, what gets you most excited about seeing this co- this game come to a new platform? It's going to be a whole new audience, I think. And hello, everybody. Yeah. Um, but hello. it's going to be a new audience in not just the sense that I think that um, there's going to be a third more people playing Destiny. I think that Destiny works so fundamentally on PC at a high concept level that I think it will potentially be the most popular platform for the game. Um, And I'm really curious to see, this is something, you know, since the inception, I think, of World of Warcraft, which is like the first iteration of an MMO. Obviously, it's not totally proper to call Destiny an MMO, but it certainly has some elements like that. Uh, And that kind of game just works on PC. The PC crowd wants that. The PC crowd has been in a drought for MMOs for a very long time. Your options right now are are World of Warcraft, EVE Online, maybe like... um, Tour or perhaps the older City schools. Of if, Heroes. Yeah, if you if, if you kind of want it, there's so Throwback. many dead MMOs yeah. that hurts. But um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, there's a lot of features that I think the PC crowd is going to to want. So and potentially need. Fran won't let me play PC games at IGN. Just <laughs> what? That is not true. <laughs> uh, well, Doug and you play a ton, yeah. and you used to play a yes. ton of World of Warcraft, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, what, I've what been are off some and of on. the bespoke features that could have been discussing. Well, it could be anything from uh, from anything as small and kind of menial but essential to a chat, right? Being able to chat with the keyboard, being able to do things like link items, invite people via the chat. This is essential features that I could over- see them overlooking, I guess. And that would be, uh, I don't think, great for anybody. But I do want to kind of stress that I think that they could kind of mess up a little bit and still be totally okay just because of how bo- barren the MMO 
PC landscape is. Uh, and I think even if it doesn't have some of these essentials, I think it'll still do just fine on the PC. And then maybe post-launch we can see as long as it some plays stuff like well, that. Right? right. So chat, item linking, inviting party members through the chat. Uh, PC-exclusive balance. Mm-hmm. I think you guys may have talked about that last episode. Yeah, Sean, you talked about it a little bit yeah, I mean, last week. We talked a little bit about Overwatch being independently balanced on PC versus console. Which and it I, is. So I, t- I texted you, Doug, and being it like, is. you can weigh in here. Yeah. Uh, I was streaming. To confirm, <laughs> yeah, confirm. Overwatch is independently balanced for console and PC because on console and PC, it is kind of a different game. Uh, I don't know how I feel about Destiny doing that, but if it is something that's necessary in order to make the game what it needs to be on both platforms, then sure. I guess I'm all for that. Is that one of the areas they can mess up, you think? Potentially, I don't think it would be the end of the world if it was not if it was balanced, uh, kind of in a sweeping motion across all platforms. That'd be okay, uh, especially for stuff like PVE. I don't really know that there's a good example of somebody balancing content for PC PVE mm-hmm. and then console PVE. But uh, other features are PC UI elements. I think are pretty fundamental, like opening up. The, the paper doll of your character, which is your inventory screen, dragging gear out, dragging gear in. Um, it's this stuff that seems pretty menial, but it's really important, I think. Well, like in Destiny 1, I feel like that would be really powerful, especially with like right now we use external applications to build our T12 builds, which are like uh, – maximizing your supercharge recharge versus your grenade recharge versus your melee recharge now on pc you could set up uh hotkeys basically to say put on that this build put on this build put on this build quickly right you could and that's kind of up to the developer and that kind of speaks to the balance thing we were talking about because if i can swap out armor mid-combat uh and get some completely different set of stat bonuses then that is a totally that's a game changer they they only do on pc but i don't necessarily know that that's something that they should focus on um they should focus definitely on an uncapped frame rate. Uh, and then I think the other thing is like maybe mod support. If you look at World of Warcraft, a lot of the stuff that I want in Destiny 2 is stuff like a DPS meter. I know that's pretty controversial. Yeah. device. How is that controversial? Just a, a lot of people don't feel as though they need it. it. So it's it's this mindset that, look, the mechanics are what's important here. But yes, if you're mastering the mechanics, you will be doing more damage because you won't be spending as much time. And this is something that has been around in WoW for a very long time. But haven't we all – okay, and now I'm talking to you guys because you haven't played Destiny 1 yet on console. Uh, haven't you we all – some of the beginning. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Okay, yeah, I'm being a little – Sweeping. What I mean is, we we've all been in that raid group where we're pretty sure one of those dudes isn't doing He's much. He's not doing right. the work. Yeah. Like, wouldn't it be nice to be like, look at the meter? I can tell you're just sitting there. Can't you do more? Or like that kind of thing. I feel sure. like yeah, and that's something that happens in worlds. So there, there, it's it's divisive in WoW too because you have people who are like, oh, I'm so geared, and I come in this dungeon that's way underneath my you know way lowbrow for me, and then I'm just spamming the damage meter in chat. Look at how good I am. But <laughs> so yeah, that could potentially enable a little bit more toxicity uh, in group PvE. Yeah. But to your point, it's essential for people who are actually interested in progression and who are actually interested in being proactive and productive. Like, if all four of us, we feel as though we're competent players and one of our DPS is really low, it's like, okay, wait, what are you doing wrong? Oh, you're not doing this mechanic? You're not standing in this area that gives you, you can help your in the second teammates. phase? Right. It can be a tool that helps instead of hurts. Yeah, that one to me feels like a deeper one that like I get why you might want that and why the PC crowd might be more used to it. Feels like one bungee. That's like a little too deep, I think. Yeah, to no. me, they feel like, yeah, they like the community spirit. They love people are out there testing weapons, trying to figure it out without it just being like on screen so as clear. Talking to that, talking to Derek during uh, the Rise of Iron launch, he brought up like why they don't have ELO in the game and it's because you'd be obsessed with that number. Yeah. And I think that's part of the reason why we don't have the DPS meter in Destiny 1 is because philosophically they're like, well, we don't want 
one person necessarily being like put down extra because there's an easy stat to point to. I mean, I think people understand though that like, okay, so if you're not high up on the DPS meter, maybe you're not the one who's doing damage. So for instance, like Golgoroth is one of the encounters in Taken King where there is a damage meter. Uh, I know that because we had to pull footage for that's what's so weird to me about it. It's like, but there's already there, but but there's one person or potentially two people, depending (laughs) on your strategy, who are taking the gaze the whole time. So obviously they're not damaging. So obviously they'll lower on the meter. That kind of stuff makes sense. Also, just a side note for non MMORPG people, DPS meter is kind of a misnomer. DPS isn't the only thing that that damage meters uh, measure. They also measure like healing or any other way that people are contributing to the raid. Right. Mm-hmm. Stuff like deadly boss mods for WoW can tell you how many times you got hit by a, a particular telegraph. Yeah. It, it can really be a tool that you can either use yes to like put down your teammates, but nobody at high level progression rating is really interested in that. They're interested in clearing the content. So what yeah. are they going to do? They're going to take that data and use it in a way that helps the entire team. So mm-hmm. talking about the console version of Destiny, why did you stop? That's a really good question. I guess... Uh, having 12 years of WoW experience, I play a ton of FPSs too. I'm a big Overwatch guy. Currently, I'm obsessed with PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds. Yeah. I'm trying desperately to get the IGN audience <laughs> on my side of that game. It is so good. I don't know. It, it could potentially come to console, but man, it's just great. Yeah, you made a very funny video, actually. It was, yeah. uh, it was 11 kills. 11 kills, two minutes. It's, it's kind of fun. fun. Yeah. Um, really fun game. But anyway, so having played WoW and coming into Destiny and seeing what it was trying to do, understanding the mindset that it was the shared world shooter that was kind of um, based around the tower, this social space with all these areas that you could explore. There were instanced. That was okay. I'm not a huge sucker for open worlds and MMOs because I've gotten burned by that before. I'd like to bring up Wildstar is a great example. That's an MMO that had a very big open world, uh, well, relatively large open world quest content um, for days, but it had some of the best PV, group PVE content at endgame of any MMO I've ever seen. And like 1% of the player base experienced it because it was locked behind this 90 hour open world grind. To me, Destiny makes a lot of sense where you have this hub, you have these various activities you can do, whether it be PvP, whether it be raids, whether it be strikes, um, and you kind of launch into those from there. So I would love to see an abundance of really good strike content, maybe randomized strikes. But in Destiny 1, it just didn't really feel there at launch. And actually, when stuff like The Taken King came out, and I heard everybody talking about the various raids and how great they were, I was a little bit like, oh, man, maybe I should have stuck with that. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but very much for... Well, once you're that far behind, right. you just know you have this huge barrier to get over. Yeah. It wasn't that bad though, but I had heard from this from you, which is why you're on right now, I believe, which is you are a big PC player, right? Like it's kind of more your home base. I think sure. if it was on PC, do you think you might have given it a shot back? Oh, then? I probably would still yeah. be playing it currently. Yeah, see, and so and I think me and all my friends, you know, like, it's just weird to go from a platform that you play every single day to one. And I can understand the, the inverse being somebody yeah. on a console going to PC. Um, but a lot of, like, some of the stuff that I was doing in Destiny, I was like, man, I wish I could just do this with a mouse. And not just aiming. I'm talking about managing my UI, like the, the yes. third-party mod that lets you sort yeah, your vault is a great example, oh, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, There's people out there who actually play with keyboard and mouse, like on Xbox, for example, sure. because that's just how they play games. Sure. you have any other points you want to hit on? Um, a bunch of stuff right now. I do. Oh, oh LFG. Let's talk about LFG. Um, yeah, it's totally there. so it it needs to be there um in destiny 2 and i think the in the game right and the biggest deterrent for me uh for destiny 1 to your point uh talking about why i stopped playing was 
I got past the raids that I was being match made for. And, you know, matchmaking is fine. That's cool. But then I got to a point where it's like, okay, I'm ready to start doing some more difficult content. The game doesn't offer me the tools, and I need to go on a subreddit. Yeah. And that was, like, yeah, furthering the thing that, like, okay, you need a PC to play this game, actually, or at least, like, a, a laptop to utilize stuff like DIM, stuff like um, the Fireteam subreddit. Yep. And it was just like... This this is the most essential tool that needs to be in the game, and I want to uh, I want to clarify. LFG means looking for group. It's a tool that you bring up, and basically you can specify what that's for. Um, it doesn't even have to be a strike. It could be like, hey, loot cave, you know, mm-hmm. elite loot cave group, like light level right. whatever plus. Well, that's for me. I've seen it work in Final Fantasy fourteen. Sean, you played a ton of World of Warcraft. Yeah. How, do, how do they handle it there? Well, I mean, the game's changed a lot, especially in the LFG part of the game since i played like i played from vanilla up until wrath of the ledge king end of the wrath of the ledge king which was like what like oh seven or oh eight somewhere yeah so i mean even then i've been out of the game for like 10 years now but uh back in the day there was a there was a number four channel in any social space which you could immediately join and look for group there and then two there was a tool that you could queue yourself up for for things that were instance like dungeons where you could specify I am this role, DPS, healer, tank, uh, or just general support, uh, and I want to play this raid or this strike. Well, I'm striking dungeons. Sure, yeah. And then basically it would queue you up with a bunch of people who weren't even necessarily on your server. At the uh, end, right? Well, yeah. That it became cross-server. Well, it's completely cross-server now. Yeah. Um, so, like, back in the day, World of Warcraft MMOs, they have servers that have somewhere, you know, huge amounts of player people and player bases and so there were multiple servers that you played on not all of them were shared but then those activities became shared which made it just easier for people to find group no matter what server they were on so i'd like to, i'd like to point out that this is not the same as matchmaking so this is not me anonymously queuing into a system and being matched with players that i don't know if they have a microphone i don't know what their light level or skill level as a player is which this is how is, which is right. how destiny has handled it to this point sure. and what i think a lot of people latch on to and every time i've pitched for lfg on the show I'm like, they can create something new you haven't seen before because we've seen it in Final Fantasy XIV and it works pretty well. We've seen it in Star Wars or at least those sure. are games I've played where I've hopped in with with groups, LFGs, and found a competent team. Sure. And, and it can be a tool to allow you to meet new people that are interested in doing the same kind of content you want. Again, it's one of those tools that I think people are a little bit scared or apprehensive to try. But once you once you try it, you realize, like, wow, this is the system. And the there reason, can still be matchmaking, too. The reason being is because, like, the communities that spawned sort of in to fill that LFG void in Destiny did have a problem, at least towards the beginning of, like, if you don't have a Galahorn, get out. Get out. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's that's like, just player behavior, man. I think that's yeah. going to happen no matter what you yeah. do. Yeah. And what were you trying to say? No, I was just going to say, well, we do, people do use LFG all the time. It's just not in the game. And that is a big barrier. So it's like we are used to using a tool like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you have to, like you said, you got to use your phone or a laptop and it's on the side. And it's just not like, it's not quick and easy to monitor that while you're playing. And like, that's definitely, yeah, that's what I want in the game. You know, I think on PC, it makes a lot of sense because it's a little, there's a lot of information there. And how do you build that in the game? But anecdotally, I'd love to see it on every every you know platform. It's like why yeah why can't I just say I'm going to do this? I'm wanting it to be these parameters. Join me if you would like to play. And like there's a place that someone can just go and say join. You know like meaning solve that part of it because the way it's handled today is off the screen yeah. on another website or whatever. And it's on your Xbox UI. Taxing. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say yeah. side note <laughs> functionality <laughs> for LFG does, does, does have, like does which is great. On Xbox. But you know, about the final point that I want to make here is that all of the 
really great features in World of Warcraft that have come around, like LFG, like the uh, adventure guide that lets you see loot that drops from various things, put it on your character. They all came from mods or third-party sites or something. They all came from functionality that the community decided they needed and created a solution for, and Blizzard has just brought that into the game. So I feel like that's essential, bringing Dim into Destiny 2, uh, bringing, like, the fire team subreddit basically an lfg system into destiny 2 that's the kind of stuff what's dim destiny item manager exactly you you use it (laughs) i knew that acronym using it i wasn't just training no i use the mobile app nowadays that's ishtar oh no you just use the regular destiny companion app really wow yeah no it works but like it's so much more limited versus some of these other i used destiny item manager for a while but then like the plugin needed to be updated and it broke and i remember getting really nervous about like transferring items and i would show up and i'd be like it's like before taking king i think (laughs) yeah but i mean i was using it during taking king and i just got really nervous that i would one day transfer over my galahorn and it would get lost in the ether and i would just it doesn't happen anymore it's great i mean it's been crucial to me uh but you do have to have a laptop next to you or whatever it's not so now i just i just got used to it like if you're if you know where to look and where your items are it's not too bad to use yeah. the companion it's app. a pain though yeah but i'm not going to go ahead and say it's the most <laughs> elegant solution for uh, what you're trying to do okay yeah. yeah i mean i like i said i was i was a big mmo person at one time the f- what the community wants to do and the ability to design mods and uh uh think functionalities to support that like it works best in that space and i would love to see destiny do the same thing i was just wanted to point out like they had a library mod back in the day where any item you saw it archived into a library so even if you didn't have the item you could show your friends it and be like oh yeah check out this truth that i never got mm-hmm. but look at the stats it's awesome it just <laughs> makes it just like those types of mods would be really cool if the community had the ability to build them yeah talking any final points uh, that's about it. I guess um, the PC, I know this is going to be difficult to hear, but the PC is kind of the home of the MMO in a lot of ways. And I think Destiny 2, we're all understanding the PC, it's going to be pretty relevant. But I think we're, a lot of us are underestimating exactly how massive it could potentially it's be hard to hear. if they do it right. So what right good now, MMOs have been on console? I, I don't know. Right now, you know, you we're putting out these polls and the, the audience, the core audience is Xbox and PS4. So the numbers are very high there. Because the PC audience isn't necessarily like ingrained the way that the console audience is right now. I think we're going to see a boom with the PC audience. I agree. And you're going to be doing a ton of coverage. Yes, I'll be doing a bunch of PC coverage, very kind of in-depth expert stuff, and a lot of kind of funny content. That's another thing that I like. I attempt to be funny. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But hopefully with the Destiny 2 content, it will. Sides are splitting. Look at this guy's. (laughs) No, Doug, check out out his player unknown feature. Actually, I thought it was awesome. I know it's separate, but uh, he basically, if you don't know how that game goes out, like you summed it up in an awesome way, and yeah, we're gonna be getting that type of content. You did our top ten things we yeah, want to see in Destiny right. too. You talk to um, us. It's okay. I did. <laughs> no, I'm always interfacing with these guys because I'm like, I don't want to sound like I don't know what I'm talking about, even though I don't know what I'm talking about with yeah. Destiny yet. Yet, keyword. Yeah. But uh, when it comes to PC, I will be a hundred percent all about it, and I think there's a ton of players just like me. Well, thank you for joining us today. We're going to be hearing more from you soon. Yes. We're going to swap out James Duggan now and bring CJ back to talk about our last topic, and that is the top three things we are excited or want to see in the reveal next week. So, CJ, what are some features that you want to see in Destiny 2 the most? I'm back. Um, Yeah, it's interesting. We've talked about all kinds of different things the last few uh, weeks. And one of the things is like a, a bit of a throwback, but can you imagine split screen? 
Now that's it's not a big deal, but oh come on, Fran, don't do that. Irrelevant. No, guys off the show. See you next. I wouldn't mind it, but that's your top priority. No, but it it, just thinking the last few months here about all the things we've talked about. It's one of the things that doesn't come up anymore, and and the fact that like they've eliminated it does if you're talking Halo. But that's what I mean. Halo actually lost it for Halo Five. They they were like, whoops, and everybody was like, oh, that's no good. Now they're bringing it back for Halo Six. So it is one of those things where that is a legit thing. Like if it did have split screen. Makes sense for Halo, not so much for Destiny. Well, okay, but what is the next Destiny going to be? I mean, it really could be one of those features where if they did have it, again, we're discounting it, but it could be a cool thing where, I mean, even for me, like I talked last week about wanting to play with my kids. I don't want to buy five PlayStations or four PlayStations. It would be cool to have split screen, even if it was just two screens. Yeah, playing a strike with your kid. Like, I do think that's great. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So, again, is that my top? Okay, probably not, so don't shame me for that. Uh, (laughs) I like that you boiling down down the community reaction to Halo losing split screens like, oh shucks, they uh, took that feature away. No, I think it was a little more angry than that. Yes, but that's what I'm saying. So if you think about all the things that Halo and you know Bungie did early on, uh, that's one of those things. Again, people have just accepted that it's not there now, but it'd be really cool if they had. So uh, I would say that, just because I probably am sure that that's not on your list. Hard racing. Think of that. <laughs> yeah. uh, don't even. You know, don't it's it. called Sparrow Racing. Yeah, and then. I would say, yeah, so I would say then the number one feature, even thinking about PvE, and it was interesting to hear Duggan's take, um, everybody talks about, you know, competitive destiny and all these other things. Power Uh, glove. That's right. Let's bring that back. (laughs) No, I think that even just thinking about um, esports and all that stuff, destiny, we keep on comparing it to World of Warcraft. That is not a PvP type game. Like, if you think esports... Walk that back. I know. Totally is. That's just totally wrong. It totally did, but I mean, if you think about the context of, like, no, a first-person shooter PvP, I'm just saying. It has elements, but... You are correct. World of Warcraft is not a first-person shooter PvP. I'm just just saying, overall, it's weird to see Destiny, we're comparing it to that all the time, and I mean, is the esports thing important to Destiny? Sure. But again, looking at all the comments the last little bit, uh, everybody talks about wanting it to be that. I think it does alienate some people, so Duggan's talking about the hardcore PC audience. That's the danger, I think, with skewing it to that direction. They don't want to lose people. So They, they don't need to skew it to that direction. All we're talking about is having the option to play at that level. Yes. You don't have to utilize those tools. You can have your base destiny. Yes. Which is kind of what we have. And then pl- players that play at an advanced level, you use dim, right? Yes. The average player does not use dim. They just go to the tower and mess around with their stuff. Right. You know, uh, you gotta like find this stuff on the internet, basically. Like, yeah. how can I be better at destiny? Well, you need to use dim and you need to use LFG sites. Yeah. And stuff does like dim that. Does dim really make you better at destiny though? Dim is make- the only way to organize your vault in a way right now that makes any kind of sense. Like me and dismantle everything. It's a great way oh, to educate stop yourself it. more easily because yeah. you can see everything really you, easily. It gives you a stat rundown of all your gear too. So like if yeah. you want to build a T12 build, you, you don't have, have to. to like manually search for that. It tells you here's the best set you could possibly wear for this character. Yeah. Which rollout do you want? Do you want four or five? Or like four, every, four or five? Yeah. Every time you look at your armor, you're looking at a percentage of how yeah. good it is. It's like, oh crap, that is an 87. I still yeah. I need to get rid of that. Like it reminds you of things you kind of yeah, living with other. Well, my rain stat on that gun sixty eight, but this one's seventy. You know, I definitely want the seventy rain stat. Such a tryhard. Yeah. So let me be more concrete and just say that I want a massive world. Let's envision, you know, thirty plus players in a public event, something like that, where you could join in and you have That'd a fun. big, massive social space. After seeing the Call of Duty thing. I think I counted like 40 or 50 some people yeah. within that area. That would be cool. Is that able to run at 60 on console? I don't know. I mean, what if something like that happens, right? You know, those Will kind be. of scale. You're on Scorpio. <laughs> oh, there it is. So yeah, something like that. I think that would be super cool.
Definitely. I mean, for me, I've talked about it a lot on the show. The thing I want to see, and I think we all want to see the most, I want to see a fantastic campaign. I don't want to hear those comments about, like, still a better story than Destiny. I want a good campaign that everybody can get invested in because I think that's how you get those lapsed players back. You get a compelling narrative, which lets them do the grind for that next piece of story content, and that will keep them going. Fran's shaming you. Look at Oh, I wasn't. I was actually thinking about Varix in the new story. <laughs> yes, God. Yes. Oh, jeez. Varix will die. <laughs> Varix God, dead. I oh. I literally was thinking about Varix. Eris is going to turn. Eris. That's my prediction. What, what if it's like, uh, <laughs> what if it's really cheesy, like, you go to the reef and everybody's like, hey, we've missed you, Guardian. How's it going? Oh. You want to have a soda? <laughs> yeah, have a soda. Exactly. Um, Straight to tea, right? But yeah, sorry. I think we threw you off track. But yeah, you want uh, an epic campaign that and that's what they're talking promising. about, right? So it's not, like, I always thought they would come out for the sequel of Destiny 2, eat some humble pie, be like, yeah, we made some missteps in the beginning and we're making it up to you with the sequel. We want you back. Yeah. They haven't done that yet. I think they're just going to show rather than tell. They're just going to yeah, be like yeah. – here you go. We'll let you decide what you think of our game. We're not going to eat humble pie, as, yeah. I, as I said. And they'll just make what the yep. community has been asking for, as they have done time and time again, yes. as they've improved the product. Yep. So that's definitely my number one thing is a campaign. Uh, next thing, uh, some sort of I, I guess I'll go back to the LFG thing. Definitely some better ways in game to handle that sort of stuff. Like right now, even let's even look at private matches in Crucible. Yeah. Why does that not have matchmaking? It has to be a server limitation or something that they have. But like, if I want to queue up for sparrow races right now, I have to find six yeah, other I people mean, or five other people yeah. who are willing to do sparrow races. It's just, no, it's, it's a not dead. ideal. It's not ideal, and it's fantastic that they have private matches. I just wish they would have had matchmaking. Yeah. So I think they were busy with Destiny Two. Is the problem probably, probably, <laughs> yeah. but uh, like, but you're right. Yeah, it awesome. should work that it way. There's no that. question it should work that way. But as the game's population decreases, we've had that conversation before. It's like who knows how many people are really searching for Sparrow Racing, and I mean, even looking at Titanfall. Me. Well, right, race hit me on I mean, yeah, there That's you awesome. go. But it's one thing if it's optional, right? Like even today, right? They limited which match types you can yes. play. And what if I need to do rips for the book and like now I got to wait until next week? And it's like, but the point I think Destin's making, which is a good one, is like, well, why don't I have an optional area where I might be able to like kick back and wait? for yeah. someone to join like that, why not i think that's the key right now you play some of the matches that i'm only using titanfall because i was a big fan of that game the numbers aren't there so you're right kick back and wait hey i want to do sparrow racing oh sweet i got a match in 40 minutes yeah which, but which is what would happen if right it's not and if big, you know population and that's to be tested though it, well, to the, be way, fair, it the way that a lot of true, mmos but. handle it is you queue up for something you go do something else until it's yeah, right. right. Exactly. Like, Division hey, is that it, way. Even. Hey, right. check it out. Your sparrow race thing is yeah. right. You still want to do that? Yeah, I yeah. do. Like yeah, a Q. Stop in and do it. Yeah, that's a great way. Yeah, like the opt really good. Uh, like, yeah, Division does that, and I like the way that, that works. So my final thing is definitely from the rumors, and that is the uh, rumored towns that they're going to have and plenty of new things Out to coast. discover and just look at there, learn about, learn about the characters in that outpost. What was it like in this city? What are we going to find when we go to the city for the first time? Yeah. Are we going to find other guardians that we didn't know yeah. about? Are we going to find just normal humans that don't have light? You know, it's yep. going to be really, really interesting to see that stuff. Mm-hmm. 
Brent? Yeah, I guess it's my turn. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but definitely the world opening up. We've already talked about it. Yeah, the outpost. That is big on my list. Oh, yeah. Because you know, when we go to the worlds today, it feels very narrow for what I think it could be. And I brought up the E3 demo from your uh, earlier on. And yeah, like I got the image of it, like you stepping out into this big world outside the gate and there's like stuff in the distance. And like, anyway, I think if they could achieve that, of course, they got to figure out how to direct that. Um, that could be cool. But the worlds were too vacant uh, in the end. Like as cool as Mars is, it is like nothing they're to beautiful. do. They're beautiful. Yeah, they're beautiful. But and they're vacant. Like you're there's driving- nothing. Like I'm not going to fight the level seven guys. No, yeah. but that would be cool. And to your point, even yeah, like what if you could like stop and buy stuff or get bounties or whatever? Could be a really cool change there. Um, stop and get one of those Cade drinks. That's first on my list. Um, but <laughs> then the- there were just like puzzles out in the world, like yeah, Wrath of the Machine, like the Zelda exotic right raid. Now. Yes. Well, I was about to bring up Zelda, but yeah, like the the Datto puzzle that he solved in the raid, like put those in the world. Yeah, yeah. Let people exactly. let people don't even tell them they're there. Just let them discover it. That's slowed time between stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And even talking about that, yeah, even thinking like you drop into the Cosmodrome and then you have to drive for 20 minutes. Yeah. Zelda, I beat this temple. I can warp back there. Let me go into any place into the Cosmodrome or wherever, drop in, and maybe I have a ship. Why can't the ship take me to another designated point versus driving a sparrow for 20 minutes? I mean, stuff like that would be great too. Yep. But yeah, anyway, just – Bigger, I think everybody, that's sort of an obvious one. But uh, one oldie but a goodie that I'm going to bring back that I used to talk about a lot early on when I had more hopes for changing maybe what they would add to Taken King and that is the gameplay mechanics itself. Um, as a shooter, it feels awesome already. I mean, that's one thing yeah. Bungie always has going for it. I kind of call it the, you know, the magic sauce, the magic dust. But, magic um, sauce. Yeah, or dust, whatever. <laughs> but um, I always have talked a lot about, call it the uh, staged complexity of the way the characters are react uh, it's funny zelda is a great one to bring up now but the way you can like knock an item out of someone's hands and the way they behave oh, differently and i've always talked about that number one i always talked about bosses and that they touched on it a little bit with the design you know of like right one an eyes week or whatever but i'd love to see more of right the idea of shooting the shield out of the cabal's hands or you shoot the light point in the shield and it explodes you know rewards for and that or their mechanics or you shoot a leg off something you know just that idea i think that small touch if they if they could get it there but like uh you you get the idea you could uh, have one enemy that just the way you take it down becomes really interesting because you can target more than just head or body and i'd really like to see that type of thing added to the game and especially as that plays into your powers and who knows you know um, i think they barely touched on that with the shield brothers where you had to mechanically tackle each a little differently like one put up a shield and one there's also like the ogre strike where he's got the He's got the eye. They yep. use the ogre eye, and yeah, the yeah. ogre's chasing you. You got to kill the boss. Like, yeah, yeah. more complex mechanics. Yeah, like well, that. like, but are you talking about it mostly for main bosses or just like general like, characters in the game? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's but like first again, they've touched on it with bosses, but I think you could take it farther. Like, yeah, the ogre's a good example. It does break free of the chains eventually, and then it's yeah. walking around. But I mean, like, Zelda, even look at the bacoblins. Like, there's yeah. different. There's like five bacoblins. So one much has good. a shield. One has a sword. One doesn't have any. He has bone arrow, mm-hmm. and you have to figure out how to tackle. Well, yeah, they might just. Have have different types of guns, you know. But again, it's like the idea that I could shoot a leg off, shoot an arm off, shoot a gun out of their hand, or actually, you're right. With the cabal, they had a small touch of how it has that that air blast that like yeah. messes you up. Yeah. The more of that they can add, that it affects just kind of the core gameplay mechanic. I think that could like go really far. Of just you know, again, when you hop in and play that strike over and over again, which we're still going to do in the end, it's just so much more varied. So I'd, I'd really look for something like that. Would That'd be, be cool. awesome. Yeah. John. 
Um, yeah, I mean, basically, you guys have touched on just about everything. Uh, I think for me personally, I want a killer campaign. I want a campaign that's cooler than the one that I've created in my head to contextualize the world. <laughs> yeah. uh, I would love to see much bigger spaces that are explorable. Like, basically, I mean, it's hard to, it's unfair to say this, but give it the Zelda Breath of the Wild treatment. Like, mm-hmm. that's an open world where around every corner it felt like there was something awesome to discover, and I want that to be the same way destiny is because you did a you did a great job summarizing what they did with the world which is that it is really beautiful you want to explore it but it's vacant mm-hmm. and then the third thing is just like i would love to see them make this a gun skill game i know that that's not very that's a very yeah, anti <laughs> no, no no i mean they they like to have bungee and the community that has spawned up around this game has kind of been built on the fact that like everyone it's very in- inviting and accepting mm-hmm. i kind of don't want that I want it to be hard. I, I want you like trials. Being I, yeah, very I want it to be. If you, I don't want. Like, this is a crude example, but it illustrates the point. And I'm not saying that this should happen, but I don't think that you should be able to beat me just because you have your super. If I'm a better shooter than you, like I want it to be balanced so that it's a gun skill game. It's can you shoot better than other people? Can you move better than other people? Can you outsmart them? You want the DPS meter. You want to pour that salt yeah, all not over even, the Not even just in terms of PvE, guy. but yeah, like I want it to be a gun skill game. I want it to be a competitive shooter that takes time and skill to be able to ple- be effective at. I think the first step to get there is they need to figure out a way to normalize the weapon system because pistols will be king one week and then the next month it's, you know, remember we went through it. We yeah. went, it was pistols, thorn was king with last word. And, and then autos. they changed those and then it yeah, became, shotgun. Yeah, I mean, became uh, scout rifle. I've brought up this example. Rifles. I brought up this example uh before I can't remember it would have been a long time ago, but there's a difference between um, equal and balance. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think that guns need to be equalized across the board, but I do think they need to be balanced, right? So, for instance, in Halo One, the pistol is super imbalanced. It's super powerful, okay. right? But every single person has it, yeah. so it's balanced. That's what I think Destiny needs to adopt if they want this to be a gun skill game. I don't exactly know how they do that. I'm not a developer, but. I do want it to be a gun skill game. I want it to feel like I'm good at this game because I'm a skilled player and not because someone's sherping me or because there are all these tools for me to be effective. I don't like that. But would you want them to limit the weapons? See, that's where it's like, I don't know if that's actually possible. With no, he's saying, like, no, yeah, everybody gets, like, if one thing's going to be overpowered, make sure everybody has it. Yeah, like, I get it. I, but. This philosophy that, like, kind of went into year one and year two slash Taking King of Destiny, which is, like, every weapon type should be as effective ish as every other weapon type no i think that's crap like just if you want to use your auto rifle against my pulse or against my hand cannon when hand cannons are clearly better for pvp then why do you think you deserve that i don't think that that makes any sense um you now have a reason to have all those weapons though you know no no, no totally and I that's what i'm saying going, is i get i get that that's an unpopular thing like uh, people they spend so much time to collect the weapons, and then they want a reason so, to use them. Totally get you're it. You're saying if you're using a pistol close or a hand cannon, don't call it a pistol. If you're using a hand cannon <laughs> close range versus an auto rifle, depending on the scenario, the best weapon should win there. No, 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 no. Both the best player le- should win there. Well, okay, equal <laughs> but, players. Yeah. You both have that weapon type. What happens? You just kill each other. But that is how it works. If you both have the same yeah. hand cannon today, I'm talking about different archetypes for the most part. Unless, like, yeah, I mean. What, why, I get where you're going at the extreme level, but it, I mean, it is designed that so way. So you guys today. both, you guys both play a lot of yeah. trials. Like supers, I How get. How often do what? you trade? Uh, I mean, a lot. Yeah, yeah, a lot. A lot. Yeah. I don't think it should be like that. 
Oh, but when it's not, why, like, too okay, much so leeway. Why okay. there's exactly too much leeway? Explain why the trading happens so often in your mind, though. Because there's because of, like luck in the chamber. Is that what you're getting? Or like, meaning well, where's the? That's, a, that's part of it. Like the equation's big, right? But what it amounts to is that there's a lot of mechanics and tools and weapons and playstyles and environments lag. in the game, lag, lag dedicated servers that contribute to this widening of. Uh, or not widening, narrowing of the skill gap. Like yeah. you can well, like, be basically the meta is like seven weapons mm-hmm. right now, and that's why we're seeing a lot of trading. I yeah, think. like you can be a better player than other people, but overall, it's going to be you're still having a hard I, time defeating those yeah. people. I get what you're saying, but I can say having crawled up the ranks of being just god awful uh, to now, I can actually play <laughs> decently. There is definitely a skill range. I mean, I'm not saying there's the Katie's. I think yeah. they roughly add up to that. He's yeah. not saying there's you, not, but you put in the work and you're good. Yeah, but no, but he's saying that someone at say, yeah, like whatever. I'm at a one, let's say, and you're at a two. You feel like you know nine times out of ten, it should be showing that you won that fight. Whereas maybe Bungie's balanced it in a way that I have a chance, even though I'm kind of a one skill. The way it's balanced, yeah, it's kind that's, of what you're getting. That's right? generally what you're saying, and I don't and I don't think it's just like I think there's a lot that contributes to it, and I wouldn't necessarily be able to yeah, articulate I mean, all assumes, of the different factors, yeah, right? But it's stuff like it can be minor stuff like stuck on geometry. Oh, that's versus annoying. two versus supers versus they make all the weapon types kind of equal, and then when one weapon emerges as like the new meta they nerf that weapon to all sorts of different things John, do you have any other point we have a little bit of time left it should be more like halo just one last point i mean what you're talking about is directly pvp versus pv uh, is, is pvp and so from that standpoint that's why i think the tremendous challenge that bungie i think has done a, a, a great job at this game is both. This game is a PvE and PvP game. Mm-hmm. Somehow they've straddled that line amazingly well. Like, I don't know if that's actually possible without kind of negating the PvE side of things. Sure, I, yeah. I think you they know? definitely learned a lot from what they were able to implement this game, and they're going to hopefully that's implement difficult. it in the sequel because they learned the challenges about balancing and all yeah. that stuff, and they're probably going to try something different or the sequel while still having all the great stuff <laughs> we crossed. love, like exotics and fun drops. Yeah. And, and feeling the same. Let's let's say this. like Destiny feels amazing. I actually don't want them to change a whole lot about how the game feels. That, magic sauce. The magic sauce. When you pick up that yeah, controller or mouse and keyboard, whatever it has to be, that feeling needs to be there. Like I hope they don't change too much of the weight of the players and the gun feel and all that other stuff. Like I hope all that stuff is retained for as much as we want them to change about the sequel. That stuff needs to be there. Definitely. We need to wrap it up guys, but I want to thank James Duggan for stopping by on the show. You're probably going to be seeing a bit more of him on Fireteam Chat and on IGN covering Destiny on PC. Uh, Sean, next week we are going to be doing a pre-show here in San Francisco. You'll be popping in after the Bungie Conference, which will be broadcasting on IGN. May 18th, 9.45 a.m. Around 11 a.m. You're the Fireteam Chat rep for here in San Francisco. We're going to be in L.A. playing the game a little bit and doing a post-show at 8 p.m. So... The pre-show starts 9.45. Come over to IGN.com. We'll be talking about Destiny 2 and what we think we're going to see before presenting the Bungie stream and then doing our post-show. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'll be coming back with a live Fireteam chat from Los Angeles around 8. It'll be at 8 p.m. Yes. From L.A. Isn't it weird to like, say it finally? I know. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of a, destiny. It's, it's less than a week. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 so it's happening. Close. It's so close. Yeah. It's, kind of, it's crazy to just yeah. think about it. I know everybody they, else is excited, but hearing have, it. They have kept everything under wraps yeah. so much. Yeah. So, so, a Very little leaks. Something's going to leak. I know. It's crazy. Something's going to leak. It's so crazy. Definitely. Definitely. Uh,
Yeah. Well, thank you now guys we know so who much. Did it. Yeah. <laughs> thank you guys so much for uh, the show today. Thank you guys for listening. And until next time, Guardians, Guardians out. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.